From the Financial Times in London, I'm Ravi Matu, and this is FT News. The Consumer Electronics Show is the world's biggest annual event for the tech industry, with gadget makers showing up in Las Vegas every year to show off their latest cool inventions. My colleague Tim Bradshaw has covered CES for six years and joins us from Los Angeles to tell us what he saw at this year's Jamboree. Tim, welcome back to reality. Uh, what was new this year at CES? What was new this year? That's an interesting question. The biggest thing for me was that the smart speaker theme that sort of blew up last year was the same, but even more this year. And so we saw Amazon's Alexa speaker was popping up all over the place and integrated into everything from cars to showers to augmented reality glasses. The most visible difference walking down the Las Vegas Strip and getting on the monorail was that Google is trying to make a comeback with a vengeance. And they had bought every digital billboard that you could see. They plastered the Google Assistant logo on the outside and inside of the monorail. And they were really trying to kind of win back some of that mindshare that Amazon has got a bit of a, a stranglehold on in this virtual assistant space. So that was the sort of ubiquitous theme. I mean, there were a bunch of other things that pop up everywhere. I was surprised by the number of domestic robots that I saw from things that were designed for helping to look after older people to things that were basically virtual assistants on legs. I'm not sure how many of them are really that much more sophisticated than sticking an iPad on a stick, which was the sort of proto-robot model, but there were a lot of them about as you walk through the halls. And then cars. I mean, CES has become a car show in the last few years, whether it's autonomous cars or infotainment systems or different kind of partnerships. I mean, we had Toyota announcing a partnership with Uber, Amazon and Pizza Hut on a concept car for the future. I don't know what role Pizza Hut has in our autonomous future, but obviously... Some of these things have to do with promotion and marketing as much as real products, which is always the peril of CES, is, is finding the real stuff in amongst the fluff. Every year, companies spend millions with their presence at CES on the expectation that everything's going to go right. What didn't this year? Well, I would say that to some extent, the elements conspired against CES. We had a huge rainstorm in the middle of the desert, which flooded out a lot of the strip and caused some real problems. One of the problems that it caused on Wednesday was apparently the water got into the electrics and there was a huge power cut for about an hour and a half, two hours in the main convention center hall. So you can imagine, I mean, the, the electricity consumption there must be the size of a small town for the week. And suddenly the lights all went out and as did all of the, the gadgets as well. So that was certainly a little embarrassing for the organizers. The other thing that was the huge surprise for one of the exhibitors, Huawei, the big Chinese electronics group, was planning to announce its big entry to the US in partnership with AT&T, the mobile operator, to bring its smartphones here with that kind of operator support for the first time. And it came out the day before that AT&T had actually pulled out of the deal. And so Huawei had this big press conference lined up and they introduced a new smartphone, their Mate 10, but they didn't really have the sort of how they get to the market part of it anymore. There are sort of questions that will re-emerge from that around security and, and national security concerns because it sounds like political pressure was involved in that. But I did talk to one executive at a competitor of Huawei's who was concerned that it may lead to some kind of retaliation against American companies in China. So that's certainly something to look out for. And then I, I think the final one that came out was from GoPro, which has always had one of the biggest and noisiest stores at CES. They have cars and, and all the kind of extreme sports parameters paraphernalia that you might expect and their CEO quite often comes along and does some big kind of whooping up of the crowd. This year they dropped a whopping great profit warning and said that they were, well they didn't quite say this, but they're putting themselves up for sale. Their market capitalization dropped below a billion dollars, so one of the stars of the show definitely fell there. So not everything goes as planned at CES indeed. 
Now, you mentioned a couple of big brands doing lots of stuff. Google, obviously, Toyota, Uber, Amazon, another big one. And the fact that you're seeing this kind of crossover between different industries seems to be a big theme. Cars, software, and hardware makers. Is that fair to say? Yeah, absolutely. Everyone is trying to strike these alliances. I mean, when you have an internet of things as people are trying to create, it's not something that you can do by yourself. And so you have the internet companies like Amazon and Google who are trying to become the platform that underpins all of that. And then you have companies wanting to be, you know, the sort of killer app for the Internet of Things, which I suppose to some extent autonomous cars might be. But you then, yeah, you have companies like um, Cola, which make bathroom mirrors and showers and faucets and things who are there at CES showing off a mirror that you can ask what the weather's going to be like today and in partnership with Amazon. So there are lots of these kinds of deals. And, and some of them, as I say, are just... Um, there's been a tendency, for, particularly for the automakers, to kind of go in and strike a deal with the latest whizzy new tech company to make it look like they're forward-looking and, and, and have a stake in the future when some of these things will never really materialise. But I think one area where there is certainly a lot of deal-making being done is in the chip makers, And we had huge presences from Intel, Qualcomm, NVIDIA, all trying to kind of position themselves in various ways. Intel had a very elaborate dancing drone display over the Bellagio fountains. NVIDIA was touting its pretty significant lead in the autonomous car world. But the shadow that was cast over all of that was the big meltdown and Spectre chip attacks, which were facing PCs and smartphones that broke last week. And so all of the kind of press conferences around that had to make a nod to, and security is very important, and we will be doing more to make sure that this stuff can't be hacked. Because obviously, if you're connecting everything to the Internet of Things, you want to make sure that it's safe and secure. So the Internet of Things, big thing, security, big thing, as you say, given the Spectre meltdown attacks. One other theme that came across strongly and has in previous years and this year again, it seems, was virtual reality and augmented reality. How big of a development leap have we made this year, say, from previous ones? Yeah, I actually had my first ever demonstration of an Oculus prototype at CES, I think, in 2014, which was just before Facebook bought them, and was really kind of blown away by it. And then the following year, because they had the kind of Facebook investment, it was the main thing that everyone was talking about. Two or three years later, it feels as though the hype has very much died down on virtual reality, but the technical innovation actually has continued, and we saw new headsets. HTC uh, have come out with a new Vive Pro, which has high-resolution screens. Oculus and Google were both showing off standalone VR headsets that you don't have to plug a smartphone or a PC into. You can just put them on and use them. And at lower price points, the Oculus Go, which they are developing with Xiaomi in China, is $200, which is a lot less than the kind of thousand dollars you need to spend on a PC-based VR rig. I didn't actually get to try that yet, so I don't really know quite when it's coming out or what will be available for it. But I think they still have a long way to go in convincing consumers that that's something that they want to put on their face on a regular basis. The augmented reality story, I was actually surprised wasn't more prominent. I think going into CES, we had a lot of momentum building up around AR, which is this idea that you can intersperse digital images and still see the real world behind them, whether that's through a pair of glasses, like a sort of evolution of Google Glass or, or your smartphone screen, as Apple and Google have been trying to push in the last few months. And there were VR headsets around there, but they sort of feel very much like the kind of Nokia's before the iPhone came along. I, I really don't think they're things that consumers will want to be using. The technology is starting to catch up with the vision, but it's mainly a kind of enterprise application. I think it's something that you really need a kind of strong business case to do rather than something that people want to wear for fun. Tim, you mentioned earlier the chip makers, the background issue of the vulnerabilities around that. Another 
story that's been bubbling up a lot in recent weeks is this whole question around tech addiction, social media, and whether technology companies need to do more. Was that something that came up a lot in your conversations around CES with the tech executives you were meeting? It was something that came up because I was asking people about it. It wasn't something that people particularly volunteered or wanted to talk about. I mean, it was either genius timing or luck, I suppose, by the two Apple investors who wrote a letter to the iPhone maker on Sunday saying basically children's health is going to be a real problem for technology companies. Apple and other device makers need to do more because the smartphone operating system is the kind of gateway between addictive apps, whether that's video games or social media or whatever it is, and the user. And then we had one of the co-creators of the iPhone, Tony Fidel, went on this huge Twitter rant talking about, you know, this is a real problem, not just for kids, but also for adults. It's a problem with distracted driving. It can cause depression. And so, I mean, it sort of felt like it, it should have been a big topic and something that the industry would want to get ahead of. But when I tried to talk to people about it, in general, it was like, mm, yes, that's interesting. We should we should think more about that. I'll get back to you rather than really trying to be on the front foot. The one company I discovered actually that has been trying to make some headway there is Motorola, who have a site dedicated to phone life balance and uh, asking the question, do you own your phone or does your phone own you? It's a little bit of a first step at the moment. It's a quiz that asks you, you know, what you're doing and, and how often you're using your phone and tries to make some recommendations of apps that you can use to either measure or manage your, your screen time in, in various ways. But I think this is going to be something that grows and grows. I mean, we saw all the kind of backlash around fake news last year. And I think there is a potential that this could start to develop if other investors start to pick on the likes of Google, Apple, or even Facebook about this issue and turn it not just into a kind of social health issue, but something that could really move share prices, which is always the best way to get a company's attention. Finally, Tim, in one sentence, for those listeners of ours who are not tech aficionados, what would be the one takeaway you'd say they ought to take from CES in terms of what the future holds for us? More technology is coming at you, regardless of whether your brain is ready to handle it, I think is usually my takeaway from CES. The solution to any of these problems, when you do talk to some of these CEOs, is, well, we've got another gadget that can help you solve that problem. You know, you've got a problem with using your phone too much. Have you thought about augmented reality glasses or smart speakers? So whether that's really the right answer, I don't know. But more is always more at CES. Well, it definitely sounds like we're all going to be dealing with our phone life balance for some time to come. Tim Bradshaw in Los Angeles, thanks very much. 